0: Welcome back, everyone. Man, I started this like a little over a year ago. And like most things, when you start out, you don't really, well, you kind of have an idea, but then you kind of don't have an idea and then things change and you find out what works, you find out what doesn't work and you sort of like, you know, augment everything and it sort of takes a life, uh, a life of its own. Finding a niche for this, and I've talked with a lot of people about this, finding a niche for this project, uh, the Canon Dispatch, as far as the podcast and the newsletter goes, is a difficult thing for me because I have a pretty broad base, uh, like, you know, interests like most people. So I didn't want to niche down because, and I think I've probably talked about this before, because I didn't want to sort of siphon it, you know? But then I think what you run into with that too is, in if you say, well, this is for everybody, then it can maybe be for nobody at the same time. Um, So I don't know. My hopes uh, are, you know, when I keep doing this, keep writing the newsletters um, and then keep doing these episodes with different people that somebody, even individuals find value out of, out of one episode, or maybe they don't out of another episode or one part of the newsletter, maybe they don't part of the newsletter and that's totally okay um there's one niche though that i think for a long time i've tried to steer away from um and that would be this whole like veteran or member of the military because sometimes that can bring um certain uh well i'm not going to say judgments but You know, we like to in our minds we like to like put things in the boxes in order to understand them better. So, if you know, if I say veteran, everybody who hears this has a certain thing that they think about. Or if I say military member, people think about certain things or whatever. And that's just how that's just the nature of the game. For me, I didn't want to feel like I was using the term veteran or military member or whatever as like a selling point, even though I don't really sell anything, at least for not, not for now. Um, I, you know, I don't know how I might sell coffee mugs, who knows? Uh, but I realized that it's a commonality that I've had with a lot of my guests. It's what well, it's, it's just a common thing that we have and with, with most of, of my guests, not all of them. And so I decided that instead of to try to, not necessarily try to steer away from it, but lean into it a little bit, a uh, little bit more. But not necessarily to promote it, but just not um, try to, you know, drive around it. If that makes sense. Um, and it's not that I will strictly interview veterans and military members, but I just want people to know about it. And that's people if you're serving, or if you have served, or if you're thinking about serving or or not i i i want it to be sort of a different thing for people to see about veterans and about military members that it's much more that these people and these stories and these things are much more um diverse um than they may have previously uh, previously believed or that if they are a member, they can do more. They're not really only defined by that. That's just a part of them. It's something that was super, I don't know, it just sort of like like came to me. And uh, and I thought that um, it made a lot of sense for, for w- this little project that I'm doing here. Um, I think if you are serving or if you want to serve, it's a good place to learn from others and just hear stories and... Um, and you know like i said if you don't serve or you never have and you never will that's cool i just hope that you're enjoying and liking the conversation um after all this is a type of of community and that's a, something that's super important to me always has been and uh and it's also important for for every person to be able to find that and uh it just makes them a good a uh, better person altogether uh i do have to say though the things here that are discussed aren't endorsed by the navy or the dod or any other branch of service uh the opinions and the stories and these things they reflect the speaker and the person themselves and not those i don't nobody told me to say that but i've heard that in a lot of different places and i think it's a good thing to say Uh, If you enjoy and find value in this, uh, please give a like, a star like on Spotify. You can do the same thing on Apple Podcasts. And on Apple, you can leave a comment as well. And then uh, you can sign up on Substack. That's the hosting service here. You can sign up, yes, on uh, Substack. If you just Googled uh, the Canon Dispatch Substack, you'll find it. Uh, and then even in there, you can like each post and you can comment and those things. Of course, this, all these likes and these comments, they allows the algorithm to promote it. So maybe others uh, who have similar interests might be able to see it. And uh, also, if you feel so inclined, uh, there's all sorts of links on my n- newsletters. Uh, if you wanted to donate some money, that helps. Um, every little bit helps. I always say to buy me a coffee or, or whatever, I also have an Instagram and Twitter. Twitter uh, is, well, the links, the links somewhere, the links on Substack. And then the Instagram is Canon Dispatch at Canon Dispatch. Uh, the guest this week is Brian, and this is part two of our conversation. So if you remember Brian, um, the first time we talked, he was about to leave to hike the Appalachian Trail. And uh, so he did it, he finished it. Spoiler alert! And um, so now this is—it's been quite a few months since he's finished, probably about five or six months since he's finished. So I catch up with him, um, and we just talk. He just gives reflections and tips and advice on hiking and just sort of life in general. Yeah, it's just a cool thing to hear um, someone going through—you know, going to decide to to hike. I think it was two thousand miles and what it does to a person. Um just a really really great conversation and you know Brian and I um just became pretty pretty quick friends as well and it's something that's uh, is super cool that he's doing. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See you. Yes, the whole football thing. I remember like just looking at and I was like wait a minute, I'm sitting here looking at these guys playing a game, but I'm a guy watching a guy playing a game. This this is a fucking waste of time.
1: Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, like I appreciate, like if you appreciate their athleticism and you're watching for that reason, I totally get it. But when you work with people and you know you go to work on Monday and your chief – who is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan is going to be pissed because they lost that weekend. You're too wrapped up in other people's shit at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. like people running over their TVs and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. Uh, but like you said, it's it's okay to like, <clears throat> like you want to you want to have a Super Bowl party or you want to have like a party watching a game because it's like you're 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 still like living in the world and you're still having a good time. Like okay, right. And again, to each his own, because I can sit down and watch like a live, like a live concert of like Genesis reunion tour or something. And I'm like fixated to the TV, but somebody else would have that same thought about that. They would be like, why is this guy? It's, it, so, so to each his own, right? But I I will say that there's not people that are willing that's, to like that's true. punch yeah. people, but there's, there's also probably people within that are watching the Genesis uh, reunion tour that aren't willing to like punch somebody in the head when the bassist doesn't play a thing. Right. And then they're, you know what I mean? Like that, like this sort of thing, they're going to be angry the next day, but that doesn't happen. So it's, it is a little bit different, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever uh, read a news story about someone getting shot outside of a Genesis concert.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe other concerts, but not Genesis, you know? Man, yeah, I don't even. I don't, well, how do we even? How do we get it? We, I don't even know how we got into that. So, uh, uh,
1: obsession with sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, over here in Europe, it's cool because everybody watches soccer. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like this huge communal, like, thing, and it's it's cool. Like, I don't know anything about the players. I don't know anything about that. But when you, you know, it's different. I think. It's the same but
1: different. Unless you're in England, unless you're in England where they literally beat the shit out of each other over over football matches.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm watching Ted Lasso right now, so that's why I have soccer <laughs> um, in my mind. But right anyway, uh, di- that delays is coming back. But we'll, I think we'll I think we'll 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 push through that. I don't know. I don't know what's doing it anyway. All right. So this is a, this is the finally after all this time. So we talked to each other in March of last year. And after all this time, it'll be, you know, in a couple of months, it'll be March. And so it'll be, it'll have been a year since you left for the trail. Uh, and then, yeah, just, I mean, I guess catch up like catch me up to like what you did, like when you finished and then all that.
1: Okay. So, um, first of all, <clears throat> that, that podcast we did back in March, I got to thank you because that, that was pretty instrumental in me finishing. Um, because I didn't want to come back on a podcast with you and be like, yo man, uh, I quit you know, I quit in Pennsylvania when it got hard. Um, so thanks for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, you know, I've been talking a lot more lately to my fellow through hikers. We've been talking and uh, talking about setting up reunions and all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I just, I look back on that whole experience a couple different ways. Um, Sometimes I think like what were you thinking man like it, it was extremely wild um thinking about me walking 2 miles right now to the store at the end of my street is like I, why would I do that I I have a bicycle I have a car and I I hiked 2200 miles so th- like, just thinking back on all of that is wild in and of itself yeah Um, and, you know, I, I read in books and I heard people say beforehand that, you know, 90% of it is mental and, and you can probably apply that to anything in life, but I didn't necessarily believe it. I thought that I would be physically challenged more. I thought that the weather was going to be a lot more of a challenge for me. Not that it wasn't, um, but just the mental, some of the mental struggles are, are overwhelming. And if you don't have a support system to kind of talk you off that ledge, there were, there were two solid times that I was ready to go home. Um, and people close to me said, no, you're not going home. You're continuing to walk North, just like you said you were going to, and, you know, talked me off that ledge, which I, I really, really appreciate. But it was, Like once you get the whole trail in a northbound sense is deceiving because you start out in Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, which are steep, but they're not rugged. It's, it's a, you know, you're going up steep stuff with a pack and you're getting used to that and you're getting physically fit. And at the time you think like, man, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And you know, we always joke about how it's going to get easier in the mid-Atlantic states, which it never does. Uh, and then you get a bit of a break through like Maryland is easy, uh, easy. Um, New York to me was easy. And then Connecticut, Massachusetts and Vermont. None of that was really hard. And then you hit New Hampshire. Um, and I, I, I can't even describe uh, if you ever get an opportunity like on a long weekend uh when there's good weather go hike in the white mountains of new hampshire it is the most rugged ridiculous there's no trail uh you're hand over hand climbing a lot of the time um and then you get into the the hardest part of the at southern Maine, um which is just it's just so incredibly hard and for me at that point i was like I think I weighed like 152 pounds. I was so malnourished that not only am I doing the hardest part, but I have no energy anymore. Not no emotional energy, no physical energy and uh just doing 8 days or excuse me, just doing 8 miles in a day became an extreme struggle for someone who was used to doing 24s like that, you know. So it it took a huge toll on my body.
0: When we when we had that the other conversation, like after the first, and we so we had a couple of conversations while you while you were on the trail too. Um, I mer- I remember talking to you and telling you that the the stuff that you said that you were eating was like it was a um, for me it was like amazing to hear the stuff that you were eating.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. I, I missed that. Like
0: yeah, t- but t- like like you know well, like. T- t- what was it again? Like, cause it, it was just so, it was wild, man.
1: So do you want to, are you talking about what I ate on the trail or are you talking about what I like the amount, the quantities that we ate in town or both?
0: Like I'm talking about both, like the quantities that you ate in town and whatever, but also like these crazy little concoctions you guys would come up with and look forward to.
1: Okay. Oh, so, uh, the trail I'll get into the trail food. So, um, that will change like what you eat and the amount you eat obviously changes as your body changes, um, pretty rapidly. Um, and what you crave changes. Um, and I, and I made a ton of mistakes with nutrition. So in the beginning, I was eating these very expensive and delicious backpacker meals that I won't name by brand, but they're expensive. And if you read them, they're, they don't really have anything in them except kind of empty calories. And so I tried to re-engineer what I'm eating on trail, but you know, you're like seven days in between resupply. So you can't really, I say can't, I'll get into that in a minute, but you can't really bring stuff that spoils. So you're limited. You know, you, I ate a ton of tuna packets. As I walk through the grocery store now, When I get to the tuna aisle, I can't even look at tuna because I just, I I can't do it. Um, Loads of peanut butter, tortillas. Um, Our goal was to carry anything that was calorie dense that was light. So Spam singles packets, love those, uh, still love Spam. Will never not love Spam. Um, we, We did like pepperoni, loads of ramen, loads of instant mashed potatoes. Um, nuts, I guess, if you can, and then it gets to the point where you're like just jamming candy bars down your down your gullet all day, Snickers bars and paydays, and uh, you know just what you what you crave changes. Like the the healthy Cliff bars that you're eating in the south, you don't want that shit anymore up north. You want Snickers bars and cookies and just junk. Um, so that I mean that pretty much encapsulates the the trail bit uh, and i can tell you about some of the mistakes i made later um but as far as the town part goes uh we would go you know through hikers go into these these hiker towns whether it's like hot springs or franklin north carolina or damascus virginia or any number of towns along the way and we descend on the restaurants and we eat and we eat and we eat and we eat and we, eat and we don't stop eating and it's it's really funny for us because the employees of the restaurants and the customers alike they just sit there and watch us eat um i remember i went to this pizza restaurant in delaware water gap pennsylvania and uh, i went by myself and i ordered two 18-inch pizzas and the girl brought them out to me i consumed both of them and i left I, and the pizza was really good I went back the next day I did the same thing I ordered the same two 18 inch pizzas consumed them both I went to the counter to pay and she said you're a through hiker huh and I was dressed in like kind of regular clothes she goes you're a you're a through hiker huh I said how can you tell she goes nobody comes in here and eats two 18 inch pizzas two days in a row
0: and then I'm sure you have those kind of similar um, experiences like going yeah into. I
1: mean it the uh that that being able to eat whatever you want, that is one of the true joys of being on the trail. Like, uh, yeah, just, just know, like, you know, you're going to burn it just like that. And there, you get to a point, I'd say by the time I got to Virginia, you know, we call it hiker hunger, but you get to a point where there's no such thing as ever being full again. You cannot achieve fullness. I ate two lobsters in Maine, not full.
0: And I'm yeah. sure, and in the, I, there was a couple of times where you like, I think you guys stopped at a, maybe a couple of breweries or a bar or something like that. I'm sure at that point you were like a cheap date too. You were, you had one beer uh, and you're just like, that's it. I'm good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, um, you know, when you're, I was in the Navy, I, I could throw them back. Any, anyone who knew me in the Navy will tell you that I could throw them back. Uh, probably Dave included, but on the trail, yeah, three beers. <laughs> You're done, though. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, I I read a funny article uh, on li- uh, online the other day that said uh that described the Appalachian Trail as the longest pub crawl in America.
0: <laughs> that's that's a good one. <laughs> nice. Now, when you left, you left by yourself, right? Like, I know, I think that you, because you talked about it, there's like different days that you, yeah, there's different days, kind of like we would call them slot times that you would have to leave and you, you know, that, that sort of thing, but you left by yourself. But along the way, I I remember you telling me that you met people and there was some people you did long segments with and then, you know, or you'd run into people or that, that sort of thing, right?
1: Right. Yes. So um, I started alone. I picked my date because the ATC, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, their goal is to keep the daily departures down to 50. Now uh, in today's like during the peak, uh, like which is right, right now, basically. So from now until the end of March is like the bubble. Um, And there's, you know, Throughout February and early March, there will be over a hundred people leaving a day. I tried to pick a day, um, I picked a Tuesday, it was my son's birthday. As it turned out, fifty-three people left my day. Um so what that does is like those first shelters and and really all the way through the smokies, anywhere that you try to camp gets packed with hikers and it's it it's like super crowded. And it deteriorates the trail, and there's you know human waste becomes a problem and and so they limit it uh the p c t out west strictly limits it. they issue fifty permits a day uh that's it they you know they you cannot through hike the p c t if you don't get one of those fifty permits to leave um On a specific day, unless you want to go through this lengthy permitting process to get like 30 plus permits, which nobody does. But um, the good thing, not the good thing. I shouldn't say the good thing, but uh, by the time you get to Neil Gap, which is only like 50 some miles in, you've already lost a third of all of the thru-hiker attempts. And then... By the time you get to Damascus, Virginia, you've lost fifty percent. So the trail gets a lot less crowded very, very quickly.
0: And then, you, and then from there, I'm sure you start, you start like sort of grouping up, or maybe you run into a, a person or whatever, and then you figure out you guys kind of have a, a similar pace. And then, like, did you hang out with people like a longer segments of the trail? You guys decided, hey, let's group them up together, and then whatever.
1: Definitely. So the way that usually works um most people travel in a loose group called a tramley a trail family and you know you're not always together but they vary in size you know i i saw i saw groups of like 20 somethings kids in their 20s they're traveling in like packs of 30 um which is not typical you know normally five to eight ten people in the trail family it's not uncommon to maybe just have one hiking partner most of my time, I hiked with just one or two or three other people, but usually just one other person. I spent most of my time with just one other person, and that person varied. It was a, a different person kind of along the way, and um, that is driven by a lot of different factors, and we could have a whole separate conversation about the social nonsense that goes on on the trail um but you know some of it's determined by pace some of it's determined by injury um you know you you might hike with someone for 700 miles but they blow their knee out you're not hiking with them anymore you know and it it sucks but that's the reality of it so you know yeah there's a lot of a lot of different reasons why you end up hiking with with different people sometimes you just get annoyed You, you know you're hiking with someone for 400 miles you're just annoyed with them or they're sick of you and you just need a break and you go hike with somebody else.
0: And then it's sort of just like, like assumed it's sort of like, yeah, that's just how it goes. Like, it, see you later.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, most people understand, you know, that there's always the the cloud that, you know, anyone could get hurt at any, you know, you could be, you could lose your hiking partner at any time. And we all, we all understand that, you know, that like, there were friends of mine out there. I'm going to give my my friend Speedway a shout-out. Um, the year before I hiked, she hiked and got sick or injured, I'm not sure, and had to get off in Harper's Ferry. So my year, she started again from Georgia, uh, just started over, uh, redid the whole trail. Um, this girl's a nurse. She's a hiking beast. She did the whole trail. She's up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, falls, shatters her ankle and has to be pulled off the whites um by a helicopter and you know no fault of her own shit happens but like you just never know like some people get violently ill some people get so thin they have to get off trail it's it who you start with is never going to be who you finish with typically unless you're out there with your wife or something
0: And even at that point, you might decide, like, all right, maybe this isn't going to work out. So I don't, you know, I can't imagine, you know, because like you said, man, that's a long, that's a long, that's a long uh, time to be with somebody, and it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of, I imagine, there's a lot of. You're just walking, and you're, and you're. Maybe you might listen to music and books or whatever. But sometimes it's just a lot of like this, like the same, right? And not to say that that's a bad thing. It's just a a long way to walk and a, a lot of stuff to be and a lot of arduous things that, I mean, it's anybody would get, I imagine anybody would get sort of like fed up sometimes and frustrated sometimes. And then no matter who you're with, you know what I mean? You could be with your favorite person in the world, no matter who that is. And you might just be like, yeah, this is like, this is, this is tough. You know, like you said, psychologically, Physically, you know, spiritually, all that stuff. Like it's it's a tough thing to do.
1: I I mean, you know, I, I def I, I know couples that got along great and finished together and everything went fine for them. But that being said, I would not recommend attempting a through hike with anyone that you care about because you're just going to be so worn down mentally that any little thing that person does is going to get on your nerves. So like, I just don't, I feel like that is an easy way to ruin a relationship, but that that's my personal opinion. But like I said, I knew couples that I have plenty of couples that started and finished together and they had a great time. And yeah. You know. There was a,
0: there was a story that you told me, you know, and obviously if you want to get into it, sure. If you don't, sure. About some, people that you met uh, because some a situation happened about somebody that you were with got injured and some people that um helped you out they like took you guys in you know it was a uh, i don't know I man I I forget oh, I, yeah. I, it's
1: yeah can you go into that or do you want to oh yeah for sure uh and I would love to cuz I'd like to give them a shout out too in case they ever listen to this but um so I was hiking with a friend um and he had been nursing a knee injury since like virginia and it just it wasn't getting any better and pennsylvania is very rocky and his his i'm sorry not a knee injury a foot injury and his foot was getting worse and worse and worse and so we ended up taking a few days off in vermont um, cause he was getting to the point where he wasn't going to be able to hike anymore. So we took a few days off and he stayed off of it and iced it and all that stuff. And it got better. It was like, he could, he could hike again. So we take off out of, uh, Manchester center, Vermont and we're hiking and he slips on a rock. It was a rainy day. He slipped on a rock, landed on that bad foot and jacked it up again and could not bear weight on it. Well, super lucky for us, the day before, um, this guy and I that I was hiking with, we were sitting, we were doing our laundry and we were sitting on a bench outside of a laundromat. And this young woman drives by and said, hey, um, are y'all through hikers? And we said, yes, we are. She said, "Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. We just said hi or whatever. Or maybe, I, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how it went down. I think I was crossing the street. And she said, are you a thru-hiker? And I said, yes. And she said, my name is Jane Zilla. Um, We all go by the trail names, but I think you've covered that. My trail name was, or I think we've covered that. My trail name was Yard Sale. But she goes, "Um, my name is Jane Zilla, and I thru-hiked in 2015. And I was like, oh, super cool. Nice to meet you. And then, so later when we were sitting on the bench, she drove by and said, hey, you, you guys need a ride to the trailhead. And I said, actually, uh, if you're not busy tomorrow morning, we would love a ride to the trailhead. She said, no problem. Gave us her phone number and picked us up that next morning and brought us to the trailhead. Well, after my friend Hobbit got hurt that day, the only resource I really had was her phone number that she had given me. So I I called her and she said, I'm at work right now. I'm going to send my boyfriend down there to get y'all. So we hiked. Uh, we left, we kind of left our crap in the woods and we hiked out. We hobbled out, took us like four hours to go 1.3 miles on his banged up foot. Her boyfriend picked us up, put us up in their house for like four days. Um, you know, fed us, um, let us use their vehicle. Um, and yeah, their, their trail names are Mushu and Janezilla and they live in, uh, basically near Manchester city, Vermont, the coolest, coolest couple I've ever met in my life. But I mean, that's, that's an extreme example. Um, but there are, there's so many like trail angels like that along the way that take care of you. Um, like no matter what, no matter how bad it gets, you know, there's going to be someone right around the corner to save your ass, which is an awesome, awesome thing.
0: Yeah, dude, that's incredible, man. Is there any, um, surprises that you had out there that were you know i'd say surprises I mean surprises is a big word i mean you can answer that whatever way you want to whatever way you whatever way you look at a surprise being you can answer that whatever way you want
1: to. um like were there any surprises for me on the trail
0: yeah like yeah like anything that unexpected that you didn't expect it to be like like this or like uh, you know yeah, any, any sort of un, un un unexpected things that really kind of affected you, you know, uh in a in a positive or in a negative way that you that you didn't really think about, that were that you didn't that you couldn't prepare for, that it just sort of you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing happened, that, that sort of type of thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um as far as like the positive goes, and, and the last time we talked when we weren't recording or whatever uh I, I touched on like the trail magic so and trail magic comes in a lot of different forms it might be like a, just a cooler at a road crossing full of cokes right and you know on a super hot day yeah to you that's nothing but to us we haven't had a cold beverage in a week you know it, it's just like little things mean so much but it, then also there's trail magic there's people that show up at road crossings and throw Full-on cookouts for us, and it's free. They don't expect anything. They don't collect any money. They won't accept any money. Um, there's people that will put you up in their homes, obviously, like Janezil and Mushu I just talked about. Um, uh, so the 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 community surrounding the trail, the Appalachian Trail, is just overwhelming. They're just overwhelmingly kind. They're overwhelmingly hospitable. They are just the most amazing people you'll ever meet. And that, and, you know, I had heard about it going in, but I didn't, you don't really understand the depth of it until you experience it. Um, And then as far as um, I guess some surprisingly negative things, and I hate to, I hate to divulge too much about the trail. I did, I did read a book and the author, we talked about it last time, um, Pushing North by Trey Free. The author of that book talks about not having any expectations. Because anything that you go into with expectations, they're gonna be blown and then you're gonna be disappointed. So his whole point is to kind of just go out there, don't expect anything, just go immerse yourself in the experience. So I I, I hate to divulge too much, but I will say this. Um Hiking the Appalachian Trail, no part of it is ever easy. And no part of it is a walk in the woods, as Bill Bryson's book was entitled. So for anyone thinking about hiking the Appalachian Trail, um, there's no smooth parts. There's no part that isn't hard. There's no part that isn't steep. There's no part that isn't full of roots and rocks that are going to make you trip and fall um, you're never going to be dry. Um, e- there are going to be long sections where water is scarce. I remember we went through drought in, Pen- <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> we went through drought in Pennsylvania, in New York, and water was difficult to come by. Um, the bugs in New England are incredibly, like, uh, just invasive. Um, and it's, it is a grind. It is it definitely when the honeymoon in the beginning is over those first three months and you're about halfway through Virginia and it becomes a grind. You have to go hike 20 miles every day, no matter what. That's when the mental portion kicks in and, and it, it just never gets easy. It, the trail itself gets harder from there until it gets quite nearly impossible. I, I hiked over a ridge one day the saddleback uh range in maine through 80 mile an hour gusts and snow and blowing ice it came out of nowhere i mean it's not like i made a mistake it we were just it just happened um and it's it's just it's dangerous and it's hard and people get hurt two of my friends um were tragically killed this year in 22. And it, you know it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do. It's and you got to be sure you want to do it.
0: I'm sure, and I'm sure that it does a lot to like like you talked about. Um, what that when you said trade park the pushing north, where you talked about not having any expectations. One of my questions I wrote down was about your mindset, mm-hmm. like. Like the mindset before the mindset you think that you're going to prepare yourself for or like this sort of like state of mind that you're in before. And then like you go through the grind, you go through all these experiences uh, and then now you have a different mindset. And this can be like about the trail. But with a lot of these things, I don't think it's necessarily about the trail. I think it's a it's your mindset that kind of like is your, is your mindset, right? Like about, uh, about life or about just sort of your general MO with stuff. And I can imagine that your mindset from before and then to after, like, did it, do you think it changed drastically? Do you, you know, you feel like it confirmed a lot of stuff? I mean, you know what I mean? Like did, I don't know.
1: Um, yeah, that's a that's a very easy question to answer. I, I can tell you, and, and and I think pretty much anyone that I hiked with will agree with me. I am a completely different person than I was from when you and I talked in March. Uh, um, and mostly because just my beliefs and my understanding of how the world works is totally different now. Um, you know, I, I, I truly feel like, you know, you have a lot of time out there to think and as much as you're hiking with other people, you spend a lot of time hiking alone and you, and you do a lot of thinking and living out in the woods, you know, kind of on your own makes you realize a lot of things. Um, and it makes you see society in a different way. So, to spend nine days in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, um, with really the only resources you have is what's on your back, and then going into a town, standing in the middle of a Walmart with a mother screaming at her kid, and maybe smacking them, and getting mad at the cashier, and there's just chaos everywhere, and people with pushing carts out of there full of junk that they don't need, it's just like it just makes you question everything that is going on in our modern society and like where we went wrong. Um, Because I don't, I like that stuff is not necessary. We uh, humans weren't always like that. We didn't put all of our, we didn't grow all of our food in a centralized place and put it on an airplane and fly it halfway across the world. Like this is nonsensical things that we're doing now and it's we need some sort of shake-up to stop doing them um there's no reason why you can't grow your own food and or trade with your neighbor you have a goat and a cow and your neighbor grows vegetables and you know it's just all of the things that we've done to the planet for profit done to ourselves uh with like the unhealthy food that we eat for convenience um, the, one of the biggest lessons I took away from my hike is the effect that nutrition has on the body um, because I, I needed to be able to perform and my body was at, at a level of, of um, cardio fitness and a level of body fat where everything I ate affected me immediately and it either affected me positively or negatively. So I'm acutely aware now of nutrition and most people are not, they just throw mass produced junk in their face all day. So, um, you know, yes, I, I like who I am and the choices I make and the way that I see the world now completely different from, from when I started.
0: All right. Well, that's it folks. Uh, see you. That was a, uh, that was a great answer. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that was, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, wow. Yeah. That, I, I can imagine that, that, that just being a thing like I, I wrote, I it's mean, funny. I wrote down a, I, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I, I'm sorry. There was a bit of a delay again. I, and I don't even remember what I was going to say. So please go ahead.
0: Oh, okay. I, uh, it's funny. Cause I wrote down this question. I wrote down that mindset question, right? Right before. But then I wrote down this question too. And I scribbled it out a couple of times because. I didn't know how to write how to write. I didn't know the proper way to word this question. And I'm going to read it right now, but you but you kind of answered it already. <clears throat> all right, so all the scribbles. And I and I was even thinking I was like, man, if I ask this question, am I coming off like, well, how is this coming off us?" But it, you already answered it. I I wrote this is the question. I wrote, "What are your thoughts on being seemingly on the outside?" of the rest of what's going on, like in modern society. So you're still existing in the same time, but you're at that point, the way I looked at it is, when you decide to do this, you're sort of on the out, the outside of what we would call modern society. You're, you're on the fringe, you're just sort of on the edge, right? Like While you're doing this. So uh, I know I just fragmented the shit out of that question. So I'll say it again what are your thoughts on being on the seemingly outside of the rest of the world while you're doing this? I already asked that. Well, you basically already answered that question with your last answer.
1: I mean, yeah, sort of. Um, But, but I think I know, I, I think I know what you're getting at. Like being on the fringe of like modern society, did it, does it make me look at anything differently? Is that what yeah, you're
0: like, asking me? Like while like for instance, let's just say while you're on a trail, you know, there's all these things that are still going on in the world, right? Economically, politically, and all that whatever, right? But also though that's the macro level, mm-hmm. there's also a micro level you can say in an individual's life because we all have loved ones too that 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 are you know, we have parents and Spouses and children and all that. sort. So, so that those things are going on too while you're doing it. And then there's an even fir- there's even another life, which is your inner life. So there's this macro, there's this micro, and then there's this sort of introspective um, part that's going on at the same time. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's my question is, you know, d- did you feel at all that you were sort of like, yeah, on like on the fringe, you were just sort of like, yeah, we're existing at the same time, but I'm sort of on the edge of this. You know what I mean? And and I'm sort of like, kind of like, you know, when you're on an aircraft carrier and you kind of feel like you're just, you know, the whole world's happening here, but like I'm here right now and this is what I'm doing. And does the rest of the world actually exist right now? Like what's, you know what I mean? Like that sort of.
1: Yeah. So first of all, let me say, proudly might I add, I've never been on an aircraft carrier. Oh, that's <laughs> never right. That's right. We always, a ship at all. we
0: always talk about that's right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, But yeah, to answer, uh, you know, I have been on deployment. I've deployed to Iraq for seven or eight months or whatever. So I know the feeling. Um And, and yes. And those are three things that are constantly going on. So, Uh, On the macro scale, one of the great luxuries of hiking the AT is, um, we don't really pay attention to the news. You know, there's a lot of times where we don't have cell phone service. So we're, we're disconnected in that way. And when we're in town, we're too busy trying to clean up and fix broken gear and resupply our food that we don't watch news. We don't pay attention to that stuff. Um, Another cool thing, un unwritten rule or whatever on trail, nobody discusses politics and religion. I have 200 friends from trail. Most of them, I couldn't tell you what their religious beliefs or political beliefs are. Now, my closest 5 or 10, sure, I yeah, we I mean, but it's just not like a topic on trail. So there's that. Like so the macro world that's we're separate from that we are out in the middle of nowhere not doing our thing not connected like yeah did i know there was a war going on in ukraine unfortunately yes did you know i we we hear about that kind of stuff but we kind of have the blinders on to a lot of that um as far as the the more micro stuff um most people that undertake this endeavor they still have a whole life back home they have a wife they have kids they have a house and a mortgage and probably a job they're going back to and all that stuff i was very lucky in that i did not have that my my ex is in fort myers with the kids i you know i didn't have that wasn't like a super thing weighing on my mind they're well taken care of um i as we talked about before, I sold everything I owned, so I didn't have any bills to worry about. I didn't have financial stresses. Um, I was very, very fortunate. You know, some people have like family deaths while they're on trail. Some, you know, a, a multitude, just life is still going on, right? Um, I, so, you know, lucky for me, 95% of my through hike, I didn't have any at-home, uh stressors until the very end um my my ex and kids their home was destroyed by hurricane ian in fort myers and this was just as i was entering the last 120 miles of the hike i was i was at i had just found out right before i was going into shaw's hostel and um I called my ex and I was like, what do you want me to do? She's like, what do you mean? You need to finish your hike. There's no point. There's no need to come here. We don't have a house anymore. We got this. We're good. Finish your hike. We'll see you later. So, you know, that was my biggest like, oh, shit moment. And and it wasn't really that much of a thing for me. But a lot of people, you know, they do have shit back home. They do have tragedies. They do have reasons why they have to get off trailer. They do have reasons why their mind is not. Uh, necessarily there on the trail it's somewhere else I hiked with good friends that went home because they were homesick they missed their wife they missed you know whatever and I, I would never fault anyone for that I get it 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 can be it can be lonely out there at times I, did that answer your question?
0: yeah, yeah it, answered, it answered the question and then there was there, there was the third thing which was the inner the inner life thing but I think that I think that you hit on it before when we talked about mindset too, unless, unless there's like anything else with that.
1: Um, anything else with what?
0: Like, uh, like you, and I guess it's sort of a weird question, but I said there was the macro and then there was the micro when it comes to your individual, like these, your other family and friends outside. But then there's, there's like the life that you're currently living. There's this experiential life for yourself that, you're, you're, that it's, it's for you. You know what I mean? It's it's your life, it's your things, it's your it's yours, and that's that's what's happening in sort of real time. You know what I mean? And I I, said, I guess, like I said, it's a it's a weird question, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's even unanswerable. I don't I don't know, but I, I always consider those things. You know, there that that there's these three different parts of, of 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 things that are always sort of like going on, and that can that have the ability and do affect uh, like an individual. You know what I mean?
1: yeah i uh, I mean, for sure um again, one of the one of the benefits of of a through hike is you really become focused on your necessities. so you're you're in a town, um you're looking at your your navigation app, the next town is six days away. So I need six days of food. I need to shower and I need to eat as much as I can. And then you and then your focus, you know, once you get back out on trail is hiking from water source to water source and where you're going to sleep at night. So your 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 day to day, your own life becomes very simple, which is nice. Like you're really just worrying about meeting your own basic needs, Um, you know. Which is which, which is it, which it, is
0: what we it's which is maybe what humanity did for not that for appe- millions of years, you know.
1: Yeah, like it maybe it doesn't sound appealing to a lot of people. I have friends that are like, no, I would never want to do that. I would never want to be injured all the time. I would never want to. But like that's that uh, to me that's as as if you break it down as human beings, that's what we were meant to do: travel, find food take care of ourselves. You know, like we talked about before the right angles and the cubicles and the fluorescent lights, we did that shit to ourselves. We were not meant to to do that kind of stuff.
0: Totally. So out there, it's almost like, and again, it can be a cliche now because we hear it a lot now, but it's true, right? The the When you're out there, it's like you are getting back in touch with what you with what you know that's what it's what we've done you would you adapt well there's people say that they they couldn't do that but in the event that they had to they very 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 much could do it
1: um yes for sure if like if you had to if i if uh, you know a- yeah anyone can do anything if they have to it's just i think you know early on the biggest The biggest reasons that I saw, and we can get into injury in a minute, but the the biggest reasons that I saw people get off trail, and this is my opinion, but like they missed the creature comforts of home. Like being indoors in a bug-free air-conditioned environment is nice. Like it is, it's it's comfortable. Um, And, you know, the people that get off trail super early, I think they either underestimated how difficult the hiking portion would be, or they just miss the creature comforts of home. Um, I don't know where where I was going. Oh yeah, but yes, I mean anyone can do it. Like anyone has the ability to do it. I, I the group, the demographic group with some of the highest success rates are the group that they call couch to Katahdin, like people that are are, are not historically backpackers or hardcore athletes of any kind that you know the the 45 year old slightly overweight retired military guy or the 60 year old mom that just retired like those people have wildly good success rates uh you know who has really bad success rates super skinny very fit 25 year olds because they overdo it in the beginning They get hurt. They don't have enough body fat, you know, so it's, it's just anybody can do it with the right amount of preparation. It's just whether or not you want to do it. It's like running a marathon. Anybody can run a marathon. It's how much do you want to run a marathon? Um, But so a word on injury, and, and this is going to be maybe controversial with some, but a lot of people get off of trail because of injury or what I like to call perceived injury. And again, my favorite author, Howard Free, will agree with me. Um, A lot of people think that they're injured when they're not. Um, Hiking 25 miles every day is going to make your body sore. It's going uh, descending down steep, rocky terrain with a 30 pound pack on your back is going to make your knees hurt it's going to make your ankles hurt it's your shoulders are going to hurt your fucking everything is going to hurt um but you know not long ago and 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 you know presently globally there are still people that are nomadic people that they don't just like bebop into urgent care every time their ankle hurts or their knee hurts or their you know whatever so, um, you know, it, it, I I think it's super easy for people to say, I'm injured. Now, are there serious injuries? Yeah, I have friends with loads of hardware all up in their legs from being really seriously injured. And that stuff does happen. But I think, you know, to throw a percentage on it, I I would say the majority of people that get off trail for being injured are not actually injured. They could continue on no problem the body is capable of amazing things it it can heal itself Um, like yeah
0: yeah it's amazing when you when when you when you allow yourself to like kind of like realize that and then like the let let the thing do what it does like to rest as you said and maybe to eat eat certain things and to do certain things whatever that like it is amazing that the body especially when you don't have those creature comforts that you were used to, you, you, you kind of maybe realize that, I don't know, maybe they were a crutch for a while and you didn't actually, like, I have a cold. Do I need to take medicine when I have a cold or do I just let the cold do its thing? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, and you kind of realize that you don't maybe need, you know, sometimes you may need it, but other times maybe you don't, you know, maybe it was just something that you thought you needed and, and your body's going to, do what it does and you have to take care of yourself too, you know?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think that was something I I definitely learned that out on the trail. It was reinforced to me. I'm not a big medicine taker anyway, but, um, you know, it's a balance, like the medicines that we take now, like if you get the common cold, you know, usually you take some medicine if you have a fever And those medicines are the reasons why our life expectancy is now 76 instead of 53 or 45, like it was back in the 1600s. But also, I think we have become very, very soft as humans. Like, not everything is an emergency. Not every 24-hour stomach bug needs a, a rush to the ER. Like, our bodies are resilient. Like, I think... Every human probably needs to move the needle a little bit with what they think is serious. Um, Now, again, let me preface that with I am not a medical professional. If you think there's something (laughs) serious going on with you, go get it checked out. But just, you know, in a a broad sense, I think that we're kind of soft, you know, like myself included. I don't like having a cold. I'm a baby when I get a cold. But you know what? You're gonna live. You're probably gonna be fine. I, I was in a shelter in the smokies on Easter Sunday, puking my brains out. I hiked eighteen point six miles the next day in the pouring rain. I didn't die. I was fine. You know.
0: Man, that's all the questions I have. Is there like anything else you you wanna say or anything that's you
1: wanna add or anything? Um I don't know. I you probably don't have it it's hard for me to like uh i know your audience isn't isn't a bunch of uh prospective backpackers so i guess backpacking tips would be a kind of pointless um anything else i want to say well i mean the first time we talked you said you know i always i ask every guest like give me a bit of knowledge um
0: yeah give me that you
1: that you or what like advice life advice whatever this is like your platform exactly Yeah. So, um, again, my, my, you can just cut and paste my last, whatever I said last time, that advice is the same and it was reinforced by my hike on the AT. So, um, there's two things that human beings spend a whole lot of time thinking about and both of them are not real. The present, or excuse me, the past and the future. Those two things are not real. The only thing that's real is right now. Nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. I know that's cliche, but like, you know, uh, so many people say, oh, I have this this bucket list. I, I You know, I have all these bucket list items that I want to do when I fill in the blank. Um, you know, there's the whole cliche about you retire at 67. But the life expectancy is 78, so you get 11 years to have fun with a body that's beat to shit from, you know, 47 years of working. So just my overall advice to anyone that I meet would be if there's something that you want to do and it's important to you, find a way to do it and do it now. Do it as young as you can. Even if you're 75, tomorrow you're going to be older than 75 like do it now life is urgent there could be another covid you could get hit by a bus um like just go do something amazing with your life it's it's well worth it
0: dude yeah well said just like just like last time i think it's i just think it's beautiful advice man and you know even for me that Going, you know, going through the the military retirement thing right now, like it, that that kind of stuff is really heavy on my mind, a lot. So I think it's really solid. It's just really great advice, man. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate
1: you doing this. Again. Well, you know, it's my my it's, yeah. Hey, no worries, uh, and thanks for having me on. Hey, my my quick, you and you can cut this part out if you want, but uh, my military retirement advice to you um, don't be shoehorned into a path, man. You're, you'll, you'll make money. You'll be all right. Go, uh, you, you earned it, man. Like go do whatever, go, whatever makes you happy, monetize it, have fun. Like you don't have to go, uh, work for the FAA or do And if that's your passion, go do that by all means. But like you, you'll be fine. You're not going to starve. You don't have a choice. So you might as well just go have fun. Don't, you don't feel like you're on this pigeonholed path and I'm excited for you. Retirement is fucking awesome.
0: That's good advice too, man. Cause I'm right now I'm in the throes and like, I I am like making diamonds and from my ass. Cause I'm like, what? In the- Every day is like, I got to study this right. thing and I got to look at you'll this. thing, right. and I gotta
1: th- You'll be all right, man. I promise.
0: I appreciate that.